0: Welcome to the Everyone Belongs podcast. I'm Ben.
1: I'm Cammie.
0: And this episode is sponsored by Ricola Cherry Honey Herb Throat Drops, naturally soothing relief that lasts Mm-mm. from Switzerland. Mm-mm. Made with fair trade honey. Naturally effective relief. <laughs> I ha- I'm pretty sick. So I'm going to put one of these in my mouth right now. This is not ideal.
1: We're not big enough to have sponsors, in case you're wondering.
0: Podcasting conditions. But we're doing it anyways. Yes. We're pushing forward. We're relentless. And the reason we are is because we believe in this message so much um, that we're really excited to be here. And there's a lot of energy lately around this topic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so we have been sharing our story on this podcast of getting kicked out of churches and being screwed over by institutions um, and trying to be honest, it's hard sometimes I guess, you know there's a lot of emotion with this kind of stuff but we're doing the best we can yeah. and the reason we're talking about this stuff isn't so that we can just hate on institutions and churches and places and people of the past, but so that we can identify patterns in ourselves because what we found is a lot of the um, hating of institutions um, from our past reveals that we're actually still involved in the same mindsets today. So if we really want to consciously evolve or move past it, it it's much it goes much beyond just changing addresses or clubs you actually have to change a mindset.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, so for those of you that are interested, either you've been hurt by certain institutions or maybe you've hurt others, very possibly both, and you want to move the heck on, this is a place to talk about it um, so that we can evolve together. But first I got some news. Okay, th- you guys are killing it and. In- leaving reviews for us i really appreciate it but this has been a this has been a week because we currently have 140 reviews ratings on itunes now i asked people to get a hundred and 40 people went above and beyond hmm. but here's the thing now i'm going to emotionally manipulate you at one point this week it dropped back down to 4.5 so for a while some of you guys listened to a 4.5 star review podcast i don't know who it was i just know some of you this week did but i am very happy to announce that it is back up to five stars but the reason why i'm telling you this this is the emotionally manipulative part but it actually is true also um every review counts yeah like we're on the edge And I ask you again, dear listener, would you like to be the listener of a a four-and-a-half-star podcast or the listener of a five-star podcast? I know which one I would choose. Mm. Make the right choice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dude, that sounds like... I I still have an Emmy. I could preach a Sunday service. (laughs) Um, But actually, I did want to go back and listen or read a few of these reviews because... There's, I really appreciate it. I, you know, it's we sit here in our basement. It's cold mm-hmm. down here, <laughs> and while I love Cammy and I love looking into her eyes, mm. I don't have a job, you know. So I, I'm home all day. I stare in these eyes all day. Yeah, and it can be a bit of an echo chamber. So, so to hear people's feedback is really nice. Cam, yep. would you like to read these? Um, and th- that's where yes, the I would. that's the name.
1: Okay.
0: And these are both five star reviews.
1: Wow, wow. Okay, this one's from Bad Wolf Mom. <laughs> I like that. What an amazing journey. I can honestly say that until I heard your family tell your story, I thought this type of thing was rare. It isn't it isn't, and by speaking out, you have encouraged others to do the same. I hope that one day we do have a social construct that allows us to see that everyone really does have a place and purpose. This is from uh C-
0: can we talk about that for one second C- though? C-
1: oh okay yeah
0: yes i mean i think that's one of the reasons why i'm so passionate about sharing the story even when we're sick i
1: thought it was rare yeah but it's, it's really really not, not rare. rare
0: like it's as common as every people group
1: mm-hmm.
0: now are it exact iteration of what it looks like is probably maybe more rare. But that's what makes it so interesting to talk about. And I think it's helpful for people to understand. Sometimes when you you don't understand something until you see the outliers or the extreme versions of it, that's when it really stares you in the face. So that's why I'm so adamant about sharing our story and not being silenced, is because I think it'll help everyone else that maybe lives a more temperate or average life. Like, meaning they're not getting kicked out of churches, but...
1: But they still feel a lot of these same things.
0: They might be outsiders in other yeah. ways. right. Anyways, so I, yeah. I like that. That's,
1: that's great. This is from CC Aquaman. Out there, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I stumbled across this podcast after watching the Crawfords AT hiking videos on YouTube. Their message connected with me because I'm a recovering Roman Catholic and I recently became a Christian and joined a progressive church. While Ben and Cammie's story is extreme, it has helped me navigate my new religious journey.
0: Huh. Amen.
1: That's cool. That, I wasn't thinking that I was going to go that way. He went from a recovering Roman Catholic to a Christian.
0: Fucking plot twist. (laughs) And then, not only that, this person who is still in clubs that we are no longer a part of is actually able to benefit from hearing our story, which I think is Mm. great because our message is not to get out of your club. Yeah. It's to, you know, maybe think of patterns in different ways. You can
1: evolve in a club, outside of a club, yeah.
0: But that was not the only review. Dun, dun, dun. I am going to read to you. Someone left a two st- another two-star review.
1: Another two-star review. All right. But hit me.
0: I'll hit you with it. Okay. The headline is just repetitive. And this is by Body Movin'. Body Movin'. <laughs> but it's spelled like... I don't know. I found the last episode's thought-provoking and insightful. But the last few have been very repetitive. We get it. You are no longer Christians, quote unquote, and don't appreciate the alternative narrative and feedback from John PDX. That's it.
1: They, oh, we get it that we don't appreciate the.
0: That we're no longer Christians, and yeah, we don't appreciate uh, the alternative narrative. Yeah. So I'm going to review this review. Yeah. If you don't mind. Bowdy moving. First of all what I like about it Is that it's not I mean it is anonymous in that It's not your real name But if people are going to leave negative reviews I'd love to know why So if it sounds repetitive That's helpful I guess Uh, But also This might not be the podcast for you Because we're probably going to be talking about these same things For the next like 100 to 200 episodes So if you don't like that You might get bored by sticking around. Just letting you know. Um, But really, my beef, my only beef with this is this statement says, he or she says, we get it. You don't appreciate the alternative narrative and feedback from John PDX. Here's the thing. I would love an alternative narrative. Love, love, love. I would make love to it. It would be my favorite thing on the planet to hear an alternative narrative from the other side. But guess what?
1: That's not what we were given.
0: There was no alternative narrative. The only narrative was don't listen to this narrative, which is not a narrative. Yeah. That's a shame-inducing silencing technique. So if there was a narrative, which is a character, a setting, and a plot... Whether they differ from ours or not, I do not care. I love stories. I have proven in numerous ways I will slaughter myself and my reputation for a good story. Um, that's true. It is. It's very true. I have examples from podcasts much more popular than mine. <laughs> um, yeah. So And also, <clears throat> I love the feedback from John PDX. That's why we dedicated a whole fucking episode and a half to it. I didn't agree with the feedback, but I love it just like I love this comment. So I'm not sure if you do get it. Um. Uh, just toss my out beef
1: there. is they said we get it, and what I mean by it is, are they, are they speaking for everyone listening to the podcast? Because if they are. Probably not true, but if they could say, I Saying
0: we is a dangerous thing, I think. Okay, you guys did not come here to hear us talk about reviews, I do not think. Tonight, today, we're tackling um, an interesting topic once again in the new series that we have started called Postponing What We Currently Believe, Postponing Sharing What We Currently Believe. Which is what we keep we on saying we're gonna, gonna
1: do. Are we, ever gonna uh, we will. Okay, you heard it, people, we will. just not tonight.
0: I swear by the three star review, which we still don't have a three star review, that we will do it. Um,
1: so until we, we get a three star review, we won't.
0: No, that's I don't want to tempt our audience to fill that gap. but <laughs> but this question came in, and I really like it. And let's read the question first. And then mm-hmm. we're gonna share some stories. Okay. So this is, I think this was posted on, um, a, as a YouTube comment.
1: Okay. Under episode twelve, this is from Jennifer. What are your thoughts about the excommunication experience you have shared in light of Richard Rohr's book *Everything Belongs*? Richard Rohr suggests everything, even the things that we find hard is valuable and belongs in our story i appreciate your honesty and courage to share your experience
0: okay so what she's asking is i mean excommunication
1: like do the shitty things in your story belong somewhere yeah yeah
0: and excommunication has got to have been The hardest, most painful, and I'm trying to think if it's the absolute most shameful thing, certainly up there. Probably practically shameful experience that we, that I have ever been through.
1: Hmm.
0: Absolutely devastating in many different ways. Hmm. So given that, she's asking does it do you see it as a good thing or as a part of your story or is it this like invader element that's like we should kind of like talk negatively about i think those aren't the words she's using i'm kind of reading into this because she's referencing richard Rohr's book which is called everything belongs which we read in the last year or two and actually obviously now that you know the title of that, inspired the name of this podcast, Everyone Belongs, not to be confused with Everything Belongs. So this has prompted me to want to revisit a part of our story that maybe we didn't emphasize. So what I'd like to do with you, Kami, which I know you don't like thinking on your feet, But I wanted to talk about the worst, most embarrassing things that we've done under our old belief system. Mm. And we did talk about a few. I mean, I told you guys I wore Christian (laughs) t-shirts every day in high school one year, believing Mm -hmm. that this is the Best way to love people is by. I mean, and some of these shirts were really bad. There was this one of like Jesus, like on a cross, like bleeding. It was all like gory and stuff.
1: Bench pressing the cross. No, oh. No. Okay.
0: That was a Lord's Gym one. I did, I never really had that one. Um, oh. This one said actions speak louder than words. And it was like this weird like angle of Jesus. You see all his oh. hand all bleeding and then his like face had a crown of thorns on it. And it was all like, "Oh yeah." anyways, that was high school. But I, I actually believe we did things that are a lot more, and this is where I'm gonna use the word embarrassing very liberally because I'm not truly embarrassed about them, but <clears throat> the actions themselves I guess are embarrassing. We've done a lot more um, weird and harmful things in the last 10 years than our high school years. Now now that I look at my high school years, I'm like, oh, that was fairly harmless.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you're <laughs> staring at me absolutely blankly. I should have no, prepped you about I this just, ahead of time.
1: I am not... My brain is not blank, but I'm trying to figure out where to go with this. Talk to me. Well, for me, um, it's harder for me to come up with actions. It's more like attitudes for me.
0: Okay, great. Let's go there. Which
1: I do think maybe with that, there was some actions produced from the attitudes. But for me, my old beliefs... I had this attitude that you could become more and more superior as a human being um, spiritually speaking and that that you were someone that to be revered because of your good morals or spirituality. Um,
0: that is so vague, though. I mean, you're describing I know. everyone.
1: Well, I'm just saying I have less of that now than I did. Like, I had an extra dose or something.
0: Let's tell stories, though. I mean, let's talk about okay, well, exercising we people. We moved
1: to this place, northern Kentucky, and several people we knew... We kind of convinced to move with us. I mean, I. Mm. I
0: mean, yeah. Now you're getting. We somewhere. weren't
1: like, you should move with us. I don't think, but we had, there our relationship with them. I mean, I can think of three people right now that moved out here because of us, and maybe they wouldn't say that, but, um, but ups, This is my story, um, and. I just think whoa that's like a lot of power wielding of power or I don't like to use the word influence because I feel like that's a little too whatever um benign and we also purchased a bunch of properties so that we could have a bunch of people live near us And, like, have, like, a commune or some, like, a spiritual (laughs) commune thing. Um, I don't know. Looking back, like, it's all kind of weird to me. Um, It makes, it totally made sense in that worldview, but it's weird. Like, I'm like, What? I mean, we were basically spearheading that whole thing and everyone was like following us and that's weird I mean they're all our age following us across the country um, so we weren't paying them so like people usually move for a job, you know it's like
0: so that's the stuff you're the most embarrassed about uh,
1: that's where I'm gonna start I mean I, I can't th- I'm. Sh- I'm not saying there wasn't more stuff I can't think
0: I mean that stuff feels like kind of mellow to me
1: well, if you start talking, maybe it'll spark. Well, I think stuff about
0: we shared the story loosely, but there was a conversation that you had with. Well, actually, there's numerous conversations. Where well, those we, conversations
1: came out of what I'm just talking about. Yeah, totally. So that sets the stage. But
0: to but, to really paint a snapshot picture, there's these conversations we had with two women in particular, where we basically concluded that their decision around. Not having kids Or the way they were having kids Or the look in their eye Was was the result of demonic activity mm-hmm. Which is something We believed and we taught back then mm-hmm. um, yeah. Not just that demons exist But that we have the confidence To be able to identify them And link Internal behaviors Or internal motives And external behaviors To specifically demonic activity Yeah which really, as it turns out, really freaks people out.
1: Well, and not it wasn't. If I'm thinking of like one story in particular, it wasn't necessarily for me demonic. It was I thought she had the wrong attitude. <laughs> so here I'm. Am, here am I telling a grown woman that's like, you know, close to my age, whatever, two adults. I'm telling her, oh, you don't have the right attitude towards your unborn child. Like, you should repent. Um, Yeah, that was, that was.
0: So I'm just going to give you a few others and feel free to hop in here, Ken, because the point of here is not to like rehash all story time. But the point of this is to just share that there's a lot of stories in our past that when I look at, I'm like, holy fuck it's a little bit hard to look that in the eye. Yeah. Okay. There was a meeting we had in our attic where we called what, 10 of our 10 couples, six couples. I'm not sure what it was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we basically spelled out our philosophy of relationships and it was very, very systematic and hierarchical.
1: Yeah.
0: And we said, you know, everyone ought to have someone above them and everyone ought to have someone below them. Everyone ought to be mentoring someone and everyone ought to be mentored. Um, There was numerous speaking gigs I did at churches where I used our story to kind of like... I mean, there was truth to the story, but the way the story was used was... It's hard to explain, but it was like... It was almost like co-opted to like... I mean, one of my stories was used basically as a fundraiser for a church. And I didn't care at the time because I was like, hey, more more publicity for our story like you can use it however you want now i'm like embarrassed that our story was used for what i would consider a fairly oppressive organization to raise funds for their fucking building campaign basically um we were very open with in our community and even on our vlog about fairly (coughs) narrow and exact perspectives on being gay, on debt, on marriage, on family structure, on um, birth control, yeah. on parenting. Yes. I mean, any of those views, I go back and I look at them now and I'm like, it. I mean, it's like when you go back and you look at your, your pictures of your hair from the 80s and you're like, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you're
0: like, that was so cool then.
1: Yeah. But
0: now it's like embarrassing that that was cool at one time. That's how I feel about a lot of these beliefs.
1: Yeah. Only it's less benign than a haircut.
0: It is. I mean, a haircut doesn't hurt people. Our beliefs actively hurt people. So getting back to the question that Jennifer is asking, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how do we fit those beliefs in with our current selves? I think this is a really important topic. um, And I want to share how we have done this and how we see this Mm -hmm. because the way i hear it done more often well it'll be clear as we get into this yeah um can you read number one while i go get a new battery
1: (laughs) yes okay number one We try not to be ashamed or embarrassed about our past selves. This is a really hard thing, but I think it's really important um, to do this. Because I think if we aren't able to do this, then there's a whole lot of people that, that we would be ashamed to even just be around. But when I think about our story, where we came from, I just, I just know we were just doing the best that we could with what we were given, how we were raised, um, the things that we were exposed to, it actually makes a lot of sense why we believed what we believed. Um, but so in, when I'm talking about myself, I mean, I'm even cringing as I'm saying these past beliefs of mine and how they affected people negatively. But I also just don't think it's very helpful to me or to anyone else to talk shit about my, myself back then. So I can be honest I don't think that's talking shit but I think if you're like oh man man Cammie why did you do that that was so stupid Um, You was such an idiot you should have known better no I shouldn't I totally should not have known better like it makes total sense that I did what I did and that I believed what I believed
0: well I have found this perspective on life to be so refreshing when it comes from a place of judging other people. And that is to assume that people are doing the best with what they have. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have two choices to walk around as if there's an absolute statement of performance or to assume that there is no absolute state of performance and that everyone, including yourself, including yourself five years ago was doing the best you had with what you had. Now, my first experience of thinking about this was actually when I was um, going through like sexual addiction um, recovery type stuff. And I used to beat myself up for looking at porn. jeez. Um, I think maybe in high school or fifth grade or so- something. I'm not sure exactly what age I was like really down on myself. But it wasn't until talking to some older people who had been in the program for a lot longer that helped me see my story with a new perspective. I was like, look at a high school kid that's horny as hell, doesn't have anyone he can talk to about sex, and is like really curious and intellectually challenging. It made a lot of sense why I did what I did and why I turned to what I turned to. And instead of just beating myself up for it and be like, oh, I was such a bad kid, to actually say, okay, certainly there was like negative ramifications to my actions, but also, why I did what I did, makes a ton of sense. And why we were the way we were five years ago and why we believed what we believed, makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Now, this is all under the ramification or the clarification of, I'm really glad we're not there anymore. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But I feel like people feel like you need to talk shit about your past self in order to validate your change. Mm-hmm. In order to make sense of where you are, you have to be like, oh, that was so stupid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But what if it wasn't stupid? What yeah. if it was good?
1: I feel good? like it's like, I mean, I know, like, the difference is we hurt people with our beliefs, but just still. So I know this analogy breaks down, but I still think it can be helpful. What if you looked at a baby who was crawling and now the baby's walking, and now the baby, as a walker, looks back at its past self crawling. It's like, oh, it's so stupid that I was crawling. And it's like, well, That's you the had equivalent. you had to crawl to get to walk. So isn't it so cool that you like are walking now? But I mean, I guess there are those few kids that go from not crawling to walking. But you get my my point, I think. Um, Number you got, two, you gotta crawl to walk. Yeah. Okay. Number two, we accept that every system, community, church has cons and pros.
0: So, you know, we're we're talking about. This is one of the things that I think could be misunderstood about our story. We're talking about a lot of the negative aspects of our church background. In the last few episodes, but I want to explain why. One is, I feel like the first five episodes of our story were all dedicated to the positive aspects. <clears throat> I know it didn't necessarily sound that way, but I was like super happy in my childhood, my teen years, going to Bible camp, going to youth group, editing video, and everything that I did in church. You know, I was like really thankful for it.
1: It gave us purpose which I think is pretty valuable to have.
0: Rollerblading with my youth pastor. (laughs) So when we start talking about the cons, it's in light of there, there were a very, very long list of pros that we're thankful for. The other reason why I don't have a problem talking about the cons at this point is because I feel like they're less talked about publicly with a critical mind. People shit on the church and they say, people like the church is full of closed minded people that, That doesn't cut it for me. The world is full of closed-minded people and open-minded people. And I don't want to pigeonhole just one particular group and paint them in a negative light. I feel like that's somewhat intellectually lazy for me. Um, So what I would prefer to do in talking about the systems is talk about pros and cons. And in our past, yes, there were some cons. That's what we're talking about. But there was also a lot of pros. So when you're talking shit about... The cons, if you're gonna say about, you know, whatever, 35 year old Ben, Ben was so dumb. It's kind of a way of discounting all the positive things from that aspect and that time of our life as well. Hmm. And I don't think it's very balanced. I don't think it's fair. And I don't think it's an honest critique. Yeah. Um, okay, <clears throat>
1: number three. We accept that embalment of where we were got us to where we are.
0: So you kind of said this already with the crawling analogy.
1: Yeah.
0: And I really think it's not more complicated than that. Yeah. If you look at who we are right now, there's, did I already say this? I did. I'm going to bring it up again in context. We have 140 reviews and a five-star five podcast. Guess why we have that? Because we have the story that we have. Our story of doing all this crazy shit and talking about exorcisms and, and wearing Christian t-shirts and having viewpoints of <coughs> homosexuality and marriage that we had, it got us to where we are. Yeah. And and I don't think, I think it's easy to have this viewpoint like, oh, wouldn't it have been nice if we could have just skipped those and got to straight straight to the point of where we are? Like just go to the finish line without running the race. And I've just come to believe there is no such thing. Yeah. So in a way, and if you guys, I mean, I I try and stay away from preaching, but really the goal of this podcast is to walk you through our process because I think everyone probably out there has feelings where they look at their past and they're like, I can't believe that I did this or that I believed this. And what I would like to,
1: Or allowed this or, yeah.
0: Yeah, and what I would like to do is really give people maybe some tools that we've used so that they can have some fucking grace on themselves. Hmm. And And the other cool thing is if you can accept your story, I think you can possibly more accurately tell your story. Mm. But a lot of times we jump straight to these moral conclusions about our past selves. And you're like, oh, yeah, that was stupid, which actually skips you from sharing the details that make it make all the sense in the world and actually make for a better and more honest story.
1: Yeah, and I think you can relate to more people that way.
0: So with our past and where we are, I just believe where we are right now <clears throat> There's no shortcuts to, for us to get here. It wasn't accidental. It's not coincidental. We are all products of our environment. So if we're talking shit about where we've come from, really we're talking shit about where we are right now. And I'm very happy with where we are right now. I love our life. So I don't think it's fair to say like, I love my life, but that 10 years was lame and stupid. Like it was the best with what I had and it got me here. Um, mm-hmm. by the way there's seven of these so you guys are doing good
1: (laughs) okay we're on number four we remember that if you can't accept your past self now you won't be able to accept your current self later
0: so i've come to see that my attitude i mean there's two ways to view yourself Mm -hmm. um Going back to the original thing. Man, I hope this isn't coming across as too simplistic, but just for radio play, I hope you guys forgive us because there's a lot of ways to be yourself. But um, you can basically think that you suck or you can basically believe that you're doing pretty good with the and are doing the best with what you have. And depending on which one you choose to have, you can interpret all of your actions and the actions of everyone through those lenses. So this is the epiphany or, that I want to convey or the little thought point is like wrap your mind around this. If you look at your 10, your version of yourself from 10 years ago and you're like, what an idiot. I can't believe Ben said that and believed that. That is so dumb. But if I'm still on a path of evolution and growth, which my life has shown that I am in 10 years from now, I'm going to be looking at myself to what I'm saying on this podcast today and being like what an idiot that's so stupid i can't believe he believed that how dumb because people grow like they don't stop growing mm-hmm. there's never a point where you're just like i've made it I, I at least i really hope and if you do get to that point i feel like you're you're not living your best life if you if you believe the same thing you did 40 years ago to a t i actually believe that's a red flag something's probably wrong so therefore, we could just keep on every year looking back at what we previously believed and be like, what an idiot, what an idiot. It's just like looking at, like Cammie said, looking at our previous stage of development, like an eight-year-old looking at a seven-year-old, be like, I can't believe I was doing that. And then a nine-year-old looking at an eight-year-old be like, I can't believe I was doing that. <laughs> or you could look at yourself and be like, damn, that's cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was doing good. And now I'm doing better or I'm older or I'm more mature. And I can't wait to see what I'm going to be in another year or two. So part of accepting our past self, I think, is really accepting our current self. Nope. Yep. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say. Carry on.
1: Number five, the most difficult things generally produce the most growth. <laughs> this is like son of a bitch about life, right? Yeah, yep, yeah, that's usually what, what it is. The hard things. Yeah,
0: the hard people, the people who hate us, the dysfunctional systems. I think they all have a place in our story.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They really do. I mean, for me... A big reason why I rejected so much of what I used to believe is because of how people treated me in believing those beliefs. So it was like looking in a mirror. It was like, oh, like that's what I'm doing to people? You know, like my family, like calling my husband a fucking sinner and like deciding never to talk to me. I'm like, my beliefs would lead to that okay whoa, whoa Whoa. Whoa. never mind never mind i mean not never mind and like i get why people you know but i just decided that is not what i don't like that end result <laughs> so it was but so it's helpful like it's actually helpful to have those people in your life
0: yeah because they show like they're kind of like our cartoon characters for what the extreme belief is oh you know what I was going to talk about I was going to talk about tattoos Mm
1: -hmm.
0: pause for a second this is back to the previous point this is what I was going to mention is I hear a lot of people they say this thing that they're like I don't want to get a tattoo because I can't think of something that I'm going to like forever and I'm like
1: you're not going to
0: there is nothing (laughs) you're going to like forever yeah if you like it forever There's probably something wrong with you. If you see a piece of art in your 20s and you feel the exact same way about it in your 60s, I would say you're on drugs your entire life. You're probably a broken human. Like, we are supposed to grow and evolve. And as you grow and evolve, your perspective of the same thing will change. Mm -hmm. That's what it's supposed to do. So ironically, and I'm not suggesting people need to do this, I get tattoos because I know I'm going to hate them in 10 years. (laughs) But it tells a damn good story i'm like can you believe that 10 years ago i thought that idea was the most important <laughs> wow i don't believe that anymore
1: but i like, can th- believe it because wow like that is that is those beliefs shaped me and yeah shaped who i even am today
0: and there's a better story out there than staying consistent to the same thing you believe 10 years ago and that is actually being consistent to growing and change and accepting yourself from 10 years ago Accepting who you're going to be in 10 years and accepting yourself right now. So right now, that more why I get tattoos is to share that story of change to show, aha, look at that idea. I believe 10 years ago, that was kind of embarrassing. I mean, my first tattoo was a Christian fish on my ankle the day I turned 18. And I was like ready to die for that message back then. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I'm so glad I'm not there now. But you know what? It's actually really nice having that reminder of who I was because it causes me to be more gracious to people that are still in that because I I get it. I know it. And I yeah. think it's really easy to forget that. And, you know, I know there's different aesthetics, and I grew up in Southern California, so I have a strong penchant for shitty tattoos. But I remember just thinking, did I want to be the type of grandpa that's covered in tattoos that are all crappy looking? And when my grandkids came to see me, they're like, damn, that guy has a story. <laughs> or do I want to life. be that type of grandpa? Like, cause I feel like grandpas, a lot of grandpas, they like, they look all nice. And or you...
1: Do you think they were always 80 years old, old
0: and boring. And you see them and you're like, that guy never was, and, like, banging chicks and, like slow, and out there drinking and, like, yeah, and experimenting with drugs and going to rock and roll concerts. Yeah. And every old person has that story somewhere there.
1: Some version of it, But because
0: yeah. we don't tell that story, we're ashamed of it, or people couldn't afford tattoos or whatever their thing mm-hmm. was. Hmm. It's harder to tell that story sometimes. And kids don't get it. They're like, oh, you're old and boring. You must have always been old and boring. But
1: Tattoos... Or, like, looking at old pictures, you know, of your parents when they were, like, 20, and you're like, oh, wow. You were cool. Whoa. You look like this or you dress like this? That's crazy. What happened? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Number six. T- two more. Yes. Being kicked out of one group does not need to define who you are. So this
0: was a hard one for us. And I don't want to say we're completely out of the weeds here. But I think there's still feelings. Like when we got kicked out, we lost our identity.
1: Hmm.
0: We felt like we were
1: worthless. Or we gained this other identity that was like, oh, we're the outsiders.
0: Which is why I have a black sheep tattooed on my thigh. Um. Yeah. And why our logo for this Everyone Belongs channel is a black sheet, which I guess there was some confusion at first where some someone thought it was actually a uterus.
1: <laughs>
0: which then I looked at it and I was and like, like
1: huh. oh, yeah, yeah. I guess
0: if you're looking for that, you can find that. Which I'm fine with That's it cool. being interpreted as yeah. well.
1: Sure. Um, Every uterus belongs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but... But I think in the beginning It was so hard To identify as anything I was identifying myself The same way As the system that kicked us out I felt guilty I felt worthless I felt um, less valid Um, I felt like I was in the wrong
1: Yeah.
0: And when you're that way Even when you start to disagree I found myself a lot of our feelings were a giant reaction, I think. We were like, you suck. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just a necessary phase we had to go through. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want to say, I don't think we're completely out of that. I think there's still some emotions where I'm like, because we were embedded in this world for more than 35 years,
1: Yeah,
0: it can be very healthy to look (laughs) at it and to be like, fuck you assholes. Yeah, Because you're just doing what, I mean, this is like psychological development of toddlers where they develop their own personhood separate from their mother. Mm -hmm. And they have to say, no, Mm -hmm. I want the red one, not the blue one. And it doesn't matter, but it does matter because they're saying it's my choice. Mm -hmm. In a way, we had to look back at these systems and be like, fuck you. I am not you. You are not me. You suck. And those were all just like ways of psychologically differentiating ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean – Sounds all fancy. It comes across as being angry and angsty, but who cares? There was something deeper happening. I think. Um, yeah. But eventually, we had to learn that that isn't who we are. That you know, to some people, they call us an American. To some people, we're white ethno, this and that. To some people, we're going to be outcasts and um, excommunicated.
1: It's helpful for me to hang out with, like I had my friend. Kate here, here um, visiting me this weekend, and she doesn't come from this, like, culture at all, and it's refreshing for me to be like, oh, yeah, like, we're outsiders of a group, a very small group, like, most of the world have no idea what I'm talking about, like, you know, it's just, it's nice, it's nice to know, like, it's actually, it's not the whole world
0: so when you believe this i think it's allowed us to view our history for what it is it's Mm -hmm. just kind of our story it's not our scarlet letter that we have to carry around our neck forever and when people meet us i think before i felt this obligation to be like oh hey uh yeah we're excommunicated Mm -hmm. like that i had to like almost warn people it was like you know it was like the scarlet letter it's like when um, Jean Valjean goes into the bishop's house and he's like, I'm a comic.
1: Shows him his papers. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and he he defines himself that way. And Mm -hmm. um, what we've come to believe instead is that being excommunicated speaks more to the systems that excommunicate us. And they do actually about us or the other people that have been kicked out. Um, Because the systems will always expel expel that which is threatening to the system. And that which is threatening will change over time. And as you look at different systems, that will change. But the expulsion will not. And Peter Rollins, who's an author that has been helpful for us, he kind of makes this point that when you see that the homeless people or those they in jail speak more to the society that isolates and labels them than it does about the actual individuals that are homeless or in jail. Hmm. Um, so in a way, I think this is the main reason why we started Everyone Belongs, which is to give people hope that no longer fit in a system. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that group that's like, fuck you assholes for the rest of our life. I feel like those groups, I don't want to say they're toxic, but I think when you get stuck there,
1: mm-hmm
0: it it's just angry and it's like stuck in a stage of development so i actually want to show people that there is hope beyond that and you can tell your story really without shame and accept your story and it because here's the thing when when it fully defines you even our own stories take this larger than life power there's this like I don't know. I, I spent so much time in sexual um, addiction recovery groups where you know that if someone was like sharing their story of being molested or whatever it was in their past and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I've moved on from it. I healed," but I don't want to talk about it. You know, they haven't healed.
1: <clears throat> it's actually how someone talks about something is a huge indicator of if they've been healed or not.
0: Because the fact that it has still so much power in their life and defines them shows that it still has power and it still is, you know, one of my goals with our story is to be able to be like, yeah, we used to tell people that they shouldn't use birth control. You know, because we believed this and that. And even this part of our story, it doesn't hold this larger than life sway over us. We can be like, yeah, and we don't believe that anymore. And that's really cool. And we did believe that. All right. I feel like I'm beating that horse to death.
1: All right. Seventh and last one. Just because something has been valuable to your story in the past, like relationships, places, groups, beliefs, does not mean that they need to be valuable for you in the future.
0: I feel like this was kind of the theme of last week's vlog. Like, Like being okay with not reconciling relationships Mm. and moving on.
1: Yeah.
0: And we've learned that it's good and okay to move on.
1: Yeah.
0: And this means saying goodbye, but it also means meeting new people that are on the same path. Yeah. And instead of saying that, like, and this is just a language system. Instead of saying that sucked, I was stupid, How about this? This is what I found better. Saying, oh, wow. That was helpful for me then. And I really liked it then. But that is no longer helpful for me now. Because what that does too, and you guys, this is what, there's so many um, implications of this list. If we can accept past versions of ourself, we will not be able to accept other people that are living that version of themselves currently. So if we look at fundamentalist Christians that are like picketing abortion, we're like, what a bunch of idiots. Cause when we did it, we look at ourselves and we're like, I was an idiot. We're going to look at everyone else that same way. We're not gonna be able to move beyond that. But if we can accept ourselves, we can look at those people and be like, wow, you know, I don't agree with that. And I, I wish they didn't, but, maybe that's helpful for where they're at right now. And that'll change the way you talk to someone like that and approach someone like that and offer help or hope to someone like that. But just calling someone an idiot doesn't offer a whole lot of hope.
1: It doesn't accept them for where they're at.
0: I think it's a way of almost denying reality <clears throat> instead of accepting reality. Because yeah. you, you're almost saying, I wish they weren't that way. Yeah. Well, it's like, guess what, motherfucker? They are that way, and And you were that way. They
1: might die that way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And finally, the last implication I have of this, and I kind of already shared this, but what I have found is as we continue to work through accepting past versions of ourselves, basically. I mean, what I learned in 12 step groups was I remember the first time this really came up, I think I was with seven, my son, he was like four or five and he would start crying and melting down and it would piss me off. I would lose my shit. I would want to shake him and stop him and slap him and just be like, stop doing this. I hate this. And what I realized, this the psychology behind this, is that probably around that age, crying was no longer acceptable for me to do. Like boys in our culture, <coughs> crying is seen as weakness. It's seen as lack of discipline and throwing a temper tantrum. It's embarrassing to the child. It's embarrassing to the parents. So around that age, this is what I was told, and I actually believe it. I wasn't allowed to cry myself. So in other words, I did not accept this behavior myself. It was was subconscious. I don't remember this. But then when I started to see this happen with my child, I I don't accept it in him. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, be a man. Like, boys shouldn't be crying and falling apart. And emotions are not okay to express in that way. They make people uncomfortable. They make me uncomfortable. So what I found is, and, and, you know, what is it? like begets like or what's the phrase i don't know they that's gonna you can tell he's on track then to do that with his son because he's not allowed to express or understand or appreciate these emotions now for me as i worked through that trauma if you will or
1: dysfunction
0: dysfunction or philosophy or theology or whatever you want to call it where i started to be okay with my own emotion currently and accept myself and be like, wow, a lot of my inability to accept and process these emotions is actually leading to my addictions because when I can't express that I'm happy or sad, emotions are going to come out one way, shape, or form. We can't actually hide them for long. So now I'm actually dealing with them and accepting them. I found that I was able to also accept my son... And I think it was my son because I think I I wasn't that way as much with the girls because I don't think I identified with them as much. Although I was that way, I was like, oh, girls cry. But I was like, boys, boys don't cry. You know, we're young men because I was a boy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now I'm very proud to say the way we parent Rainier, who is three?
1: Yeah, almost four though.
0: (laughs) Um, they're always changing those ages. That's that's the, that's the hard part.
1: Yeah,
0: you get to know three, and then before you know it, it's like a different number.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Um, change is hard.
0: <laughs> we're parenting him very, very differently than we were parenting every one of our other children. Yeah, and it's actually been like that every step along the way.
1: Yeah, you. I mean, it's like night and day where you're able to, not just. The way that you're able to accept his emotions and really is, is, it's amazing. Yeah. It's great.
0: So you, I can see did, now. You
1: did the work. I can tell. I did. Yeah. I fucking
0: did. I mean, yeah. a decade of it. Yeah. But now I see him, and when he cries, I'd be like, oh, shit. You're disappointed, or mm. you're angry, or you are feeling overwhelmed.
1: And you can just accept that emotion. And I
0: can say, like, yeah. I also know what it's like to feel angry and frustrated and overwhelmed.
1: Yeah. Because you've accepted it in yourself. I've
0: accepted it myself. And your feelings are not any less legitimate than mine. A small person does not have feelings that are less legitimate than a big person. And your way of expressing it is more elementary and simplistic. But, but that's a but nice help, thing, too. But helpful, yeah. yeah. because when you're pissed, you're going to cry and scream. Us adults, we learn to hide it. Yeah. We're still pissed.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yep. So, <coughs> so this is what's at stake here for me, you guys, and why I really appreciated this question from Jennifer, which is it's really about accepting the parts in our story that we don't like accepting those realities accepting you can call it a million different things the shadow self the sin um the dark parts of our story um and just saying that happened and i want to be okay with that in my own life
1: i think that's actually what forgiveness is to be able to forgive yourself you accept your past self you're like I can accept you the way you were wow i like that mm-hmm.
0: and you know not to get too hippy dippy new age but to be able to stare the 10 year 10 year old version of yourself in the eye and say you know i think that kid is probably doing the best they can with what they had and now i i just have that attitude actually about rainier our three-year-old mm-hmm. I look at him, and he's screaming his brains out, and I'm like, you know what? I think he's probably doing the best he can with what he has.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't need to belittle his experience to feel good about where I've gotten. Mm -hmm. Because I have a lot more fucking self-control, and I have a way to process that type of um, emotion. Mm -hmm. But it didn't come overnight. It came from 37 extra years of living, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: an excommunication or two, Mm -hmm. and... (laughs) 13 episodes of a podcast are you falling asleep again no just you close your just eyes that right?
1: emotional wait you are a little bit really i mean i am tired too but
0: let's hear about this emotion we got three minutes well, i just
1: think it's cool to think about i've just been doing a lot of reflecting about my ten- my 10 year old self lately and um but for me i've i've done it in a different light i mean I,
0: dude you wrote that song
1: yeah I mean, I just think there's something so pure about and I don't mean in a holy sense, like weird, pure, but just like. Um, um, we mean in the pagan so, sense. <laughs> the witchcraft well, side. I just like like I just think of myself as eight years old. Right. And I'm like riding my pink huffy bike and without a care in the world. And I'm like, where the fuck did that go? Like, I want that back. Like whatever that is and i've seen like glimpses of it in my life um but recently so i like think it's still there you know like i still think that that carefree uh just i am who i am and i don't have i don't have any apologies or denial for it
0: dude Cami wrote a song about this It's killer. It comes out next week's Fight for Together vlog. Highly recommend you listen to a song. (laughs) Can you give him a teaser? Uh,
1: What do you mean? I don't
0: know. Sing a line. I know you don't have a guitar. Okay, fine.
1: Well, mm, I don't. Okay, I'll just do the chorus. Um, The chorus, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let it go,
0: let it go, let it go, (laughs) let it go. Beautiful. All right, boys and girls, that's all we got for you today. Um... Thank you for the question, Jennifer, and yeah, we hope, we would love to see people, I mean, everyone, you guys, if, if we're growing, I think we're going to be at a place where we're going to be like, I'm glad I'm not there, but to be able to talk about there with respect and the people who are still there with respect and the younger versions of ourselves, i.e. our kids with respect, I think really helps us move into a world where everyone truly can belong. I really do believe that. <laughs> Because we're not trying to create, evolution to me is not just a more judgmental other system. It's actually full acceptance of reality and the good and the bad. Um, So thank you for listening and considering this. Um, A couple things to be aware of. We have, I've never talked about this here, but I don't think we have a Everyone Belongs Instagram account. And you can find us at everyone.belongs. 'cause some son of a bitch took everyone belongs without the dot. So you gotta get the dot in the middle of everyone belongs. <coughs> it's a period. But, but if you just type it in, you should be able to find it. It's the logo. It's like has like a rainbow tile with a uterus on it. Um <laughs> and Um we also have a Facebook group where there have been some pretty lively discussions and sharings of stories. So every time we release a podcast episode We started a discussion about it on this Facebook group to get people's opinions. And all those links are in the description below. And if you want to help us maintain a five-star review, you totally can, although I'm not asking or pressuring because I I met my goal. We have 100 reviews, but every vote still counts. Um, And you can do that on iTunes. Um, it is appreciated though and we read all the comments on YouTube and the reviews so we always appreciate any feedback you guys got for us positive or negative actually yep. thank you guys for listening Um, we'll see you guys next week as we share our story of what we currently believe Finally, or well or Or continue the episode of procrastinating or if you guys have
1: good questions we might
0: you know actually one final little thingy that's kind of new here I recorded a video this week that I put on, where the hell did I put it? Well, there's a couple of videos. One is on YouTube that was not released as a podcast. So it was kind of like a bonus material if you want to go to that. It's a 30-minute talk on scapegoating that can be found on our YouTube channel. You can check that out. But the other thing you can find out is if you go to our Everyone Belongs Facebook page, not to be confused with the Facebook discussion group. This is our public Facebook page. Last week after the episode was released, I took my favorite question and I did a little like 10 or 20 minute response um, on a Facebook Live video. And I kind of want to make a little tradition of that where I just like hop on Facebook Live for 10 or 20 minutes the day after a a video is released and respond publicly to a question. Um, So that kind of, you know, If you want to um, be a part of that, you got to listen the day it's released. But then you can find that video on the Facebook page also. So anyways, plenty of – if you're looking for more shit to do, we got it for you. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.
1: Peace.